Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Now, Uncommon Sense with Leland Conway on 630KHOW, Denver's talk station. We got the mayor's race, and we have the coverage right here on 630 How. In fact, uh, one of the hosts of the coverage tonight is going to join us at 3.30. The one, the only, the Mighty Mouse Super Shoe. He's going to pop in here at 3.30. We're going to talk about that. I got into a very interesting conversation today about the Denver mayor's race. And I'll share that with you in just a minute. Um, also, we have a bunch of moms that descended on Denver yesterday. I think there's like three of them left. There were supposed to be tens and thousands, like hundreds of thousands of them, but I think a hundred or so came, and then there's like a couple of them left today. They're protesting something about guns. We'll talk about that as well. Um, I've got some fun audio from today. We didn't quite get deep enough on the FBI thing I wanted to yesterday. Also, space aliens are real, just so you know. Did you see this, be large yesterday? It was a big story yesterday. So 2017, you remember when the New York Times broke the story that we might have off-Earth like vehicles in our possession and that the United States government truly was investigating UFOs and that, you know, the Tic Tac thing that happened off the coast of California with Commander Fravor, that was all real. Remember that? 2017. Oh, yeah. One of the journalists on that story was Leslie Keene. And she has broken another story with a couple of other investigative reporters. And this involves somebody who is so high up in the government's intelligence circles, he's literally, its he's unimpeachable in terms of his credibility. And he came forward yesterday. The story broke yesterday. I kid you, this is crazy. This is, this is going to weird you out, dude. He said, we unequivocally possess that the United States, and not just the United States, but several other countries do as well. We, we unequivocally do, in fact, possess not just one, but multiple complete and partial vehicles created, but not by human origin, meaning it was created by an intelligence other than human and that they are transport vehicles that we have come into possession with. This dude, he's basically blown the whistle. And apparently he tried to blow the whistle in 2021. He got a bunch of intimidation and threats. He's been involved in the government. It was basically the gov- it was basically government on government threats where this guy was involved in an investigative arm of the government. And he ended up getting threatened by the people in the government that he was investigating. And he's come forward now and he's basically said, dude, we not only, ha- not just one, we have multiple craft not created by human intelligence. And this dude has done this. Let me tell you this. If, if he's making this story up, he goes to jail because he's doing it under oath. Like he swore under oath in a, in a, a legal proceeding that what he says. So not only does he ruin his incredible, long, distinguished, brave combat career in military intelligence and military special forces and other things. He goes to jail 
because he would have lied under oath. And he is saying that we have not one, but multiple, complete and partial vehicles created, craft created by not human intelligence. Now, he doesn't say what that not human intelligence is. It could be extraterrestrial. It could be some intelligent life form that exists on this planet that we literally have always been oblivious to. Could be dolphins, right? Dolphins are pretty damn smart. Maybe they're smarter than we thought they were. Since these things, some of them tend to operate in both the atmosphere and underwater. Like maybe they're dolphins. Maybe dolphins figured out how to manipulate the environment and they created these craft and these are dolphins flying around. I don't know. We're all afraid of artificial intelligence, but there are like <laughs> turns dolphin out, life out there. Turns out the, the dolphins one, yeah. are going to take over the world. Jeez. We're going to be like the dolphins like servants. We're going to be bringing the dolphins grapes on trays. <laughs> I don't know. Or it could be like, as my wife suggested, perhaps, perhaps, way in the future, human beings have figured out how to travel in time. And this is, in fact, human creation. But they, they say, well, they say it's non-human because they've done like... They've done like atomic tests on it, the radiological signature, the atomic makeup, and the alloy of the metals is something we've never seen before, and it was never done by human beings that we know of. So it could potentially be future humans that have figured out some future technology, and they figured out how to travel back in time. They just don't know how to drive any better than the Subaru driving lefties in the left-hand lane that are going dumpster diving in Boulder know how to drive here in Denver, and they crash their freaking vehicles. What? That's, what do you think it is, dude? It's driving me nuts. Like it's so many things. It's so tantalizing that like there's there's highly credible people in the government that are saying this. They won't say exactly what it is. They won't even say what they think it is, but they will say that it's not human created. Well, what the hell is it if it's not space aliens? Like, do they just like feel as though they need to get this out there? That it's like, you know what? Like, I can't bear to hold this secret anymore. Yeah. You know, or... so, okay. So I've heard several conversations about this. Why now? Why this way? If you were going to like, let's go back to 1947, which was Roswell, which essentially is what they're, what this guy is alleging is that for about 80 years, we've been in possession of this. What does that tell you? When the, when you line up the timeline that says that something crashed at Roswell and we got it, it wasn't a weather balloon. When you line up the timeline, you're like, okay, then we got something. Okay. So if it's 80 years, imagine in 1945 or 1947 when Roswell took place, or even 1950, imagine just uh, President Eisenhower coming out and going, uh, yeah, space aliens are here, we have their craft. What would society have done at that point? Ran. Right. It would have collapsed, right? I mean, no, no, seriously, think about the ramifications of such a revelation. So I don't think you can just come out and say, yes, space aliens exist, Yes, space aliens have visited us. They continue to visit us. They are visiting us. And we have some of their technology, but can't figure it out yet. What does, what does that do to our perception of reality and the universe as human beings? Like, what does it do? I, I mean, so 
I think if you're the government, how do you, if, it, if it's inevitable the information is coming out, like if we're getting to a point where these things are going to make contact at some point, like like legit combat contact, like they're going to land on top of the iHeart building here on Monaco Street, and they're going to come down here and have an interview with me. 205 tomorrow, tune in, Space Alien on Leland Conway Show, right? Like <clears throat> at some point, indisputable, inescapable, non-fakeable contact is going to take place. And if they know it's going to take place, and if they know it's going to take place sooner rather than later, now you just have to figure out how do we tell people that it's real, but not just basically do the big reveal all at one time and have co- society collapse over this. What do you do? You trickle it out like this, don't you? Don't you? Don't you do a little cover-up? Don't you do a little enticing? Don't you do a little misdirection? Don't you say a little false stuff and a little true stuff and let a little truth leak out here and a little report come out here? And just slowly over time, people get desensitized to it to the point that we're all like, yeah, it's probably space aliens and they're probably here. And then you go, yeah, you guys are right. It's all good. And then, right? I mean, don't you think that is the answer to your question? He doesn't know. He's like, I don't know. He's like, I don't know. <clears throat> I read I read the whole story last night. What was was interesting. I'm not gonna read it on here because it was just like the half the story from the journalist, half of it literally was um the credentials of the guy who was reporting this. It was literally half of it was his resume. He served with this group of intelligence officials he served in this agency he was this clearance he had clearance for 2000 top secret black ops projects in the u.s government he ran with this guy this general says he was the real deal he was an impeccable person probably ought to believe him like it was like half the article was just that stuff and the other half was like him going oh yeah we have like several craft that weren't made by humans Hmm. (laughs) right interesting it's enticing, man. Yeah. Hmm. But what happens to coast to coast when like, cause they don't have anything to talk about. Cause like part of it is these people that stay up all night and work at the convenience stores on the night shift. And See, they, that's probably why, man, they don't get no sleep or anything. You know, yeah. they're just delirious all day long. Well, and they, they feel like they're in the know because they listen to coast to coast and they're like, I see that B large. He doesn't know that the space aliens are here, man. Right. But now you take that away from them. What do they have to live for? (laughs) What do they have to live for? Because now it's like it's out there and it's like, oh, yeah, there's space aliens. I don't know, man. I don't know what it is. I have a theory. I'm not sure I'm ready to share it yet. I'll make sure and get my tinfoil hat ready. (laughs) I'm not sure I'm ready to share it. Well, I will tell you this. I have shared this theory on a podcast on one of my personal podcasts that I did. And what I may do is I might actually post a link on my social media to that episode. Yeah. Now, I shared it. It was a special guest that I had. uh, And I shared my theory on why all of this stuff is happening and what the purpose of it was. And uh, I might just I might just share that link and then just let myself explain it for myself (laughs) instead of me trying to do it here. Oh, my gosh. It's wild. I don't want you to think I'm weird here. I want yeah. you to think I'm weird over there. I think they already know I'm ah. weird. I think they already know I'm weird. Text the show directly, 57739. What do you think it is? 57739. Text Leland to 57739. Have you ever, text me, have you ever seen anything in the sky that you could not explain? That's what I'd like to know. 
Because I have, so I haven't. I've tried. I have tried. I have looked for these. My dad saw the Phoenix Lights that Governor Fife Symington of Arizona later came out and said he saw, and that he not only saw the lights, but the craft they were associated with, and that it was a massive, mile-plus-wide, triangular-shaped craft slowly gliding over the city of Phoenix, and he was a former fighter pilot and the governor of, of Arizona who initially made fun of it, but then came out after he got out of office and said, uh, yeah, I was kind of forced to do that. In reality, it was a real deal. My dad saw him. He didn't know what they were. He just said they weren't flares because we were used to seeing them because my dad did some work on a couple of the Air Force bases in Arizona, and he we were around those things, and at night, you could you, we knew what flares looked like. They weren't flares. But I never saw anything that I couldn't explain, and I tried. I look at the sky, and I'm like, ah, that's probably an airplane. I don't know. Tried to see a space alien, but I can't see a space alien. Why is it the people that want to see the space alien don't get to see the space alien? The people that don't want to see the space alien get picked up and probed. They're the ones that get probed. See, I don't want to get probed. Like, that's the thing. is like, don't probe me, bro. Just, you know, just show me. Turn the lights on in your craft so I can see your funny little face. But don't probe me, bro. Just leave me alone. I was say, what do you think airline pilots see while they're up there? Because, I mean, the, the crafts are going to be things that are flying out so there. So have you heard? Mm-hmm. Actually, I watched a show on this the other night. Um, there's, one, there's a couple really well-documented incidents. One was a Japanese airliner that was flying over Alaska. And they reported something that was like... I mean, it was huge. Like it was, it was the 747 they were flying. It was an intercontinental flight, and they reported something that was bigger, like way bigger than a 747. Like they reported like four or five times bigger, and it was following them. And there's like, there's actually audio tapes of the Japanese pilots talking to air traffic control in Alaska about what was following them. That's like one of the most well documented. There's another one at uh, Chicago uh, O'Hare Airport in 2008, I think it was. And this was the, so everybody at one, I forget which airline it was, but at one particular airline terminal, all these different levels of employees from flight crews to air traffic controllers, to people on the ground that direct the plane to the gate, all of them reported seeing a craft hovering over the airport, which, and then there's actual, there's actual, you know, tape, audio tape of the air traffic control and the pilots at the gate, looking at this craft, talking about it asking each other about it and then it literally went straight up in the air and left a hole in the clouds like that was the report of it and that one the head of i think it was the head of the faa at the time retired and was able to keep a copy of those tapes the only reason we know about it because they came in and tried to take all the tapes and he he got them and released them and he was like the head of the faa or something or the local faa whatever division right there at the time i don't know anyway we digress. So, I don't know, man. It's re- pretty wild. But that story came out, so we have that. Uh, Douglas County is joining the, what? You look like you are going to say something about the space aliens. No, I was going <laughs> to say my father-in-law was a former pilot, so yeah, okay. maybe I'll Did ask he, him about Yeah, ask stories. him if he ever, because up until a few years ago, it was really, a lot of pilots wouldn't come forward with anything they saw because it was frowned upon. And now you're starting to see, like, Commander Fravor, who... One of the top decorated, you know, uh, Navy pilots comes out and is like, yeah, we not only had a contact, we chased this thing. It chased us. We interacted with this Tic Tac thing and it went under the water and it came. So there's, there's started, I would love to find out if he's willing to talk about like now, like, oh yeah, we saw these things. They were weird. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to suss it out too, right? Cause we see things in the sky all the time and 
as lay people, we don't know what they can and can't do. You know, we don't, I mean, I know what a plane looks like. It's usually got the blinking light. But I mean, I'd say, I would say 95% of the reports of UFOs are fake. Like just somebody just like not fake. Like I would, I don't know what percentage are like lies, but I mean, I'd say 95% of them are either somebody is lying or they saw something they can't explain and they miss saw it. Like it just, it looked weird. As I've seen airplanes before, like I'm like, what the frick is that? And then like, oh, the angle. And then when the angle corrects itself, I'm like, oh, okay, I, that's an airplane. I got it. And if you don't stick around long enough to see that happen, then maybe maybe you don't see that it actually turned out. I think that's 95% of the reports. But those 5%, that's the ones that really intrigue me. It's those 5%. Leland, check out the Y files about Dolce Base UFO. Dolce, is that the one? Isn't that one? Is that the one that's in Area 51 area? Or no, that's in New Mexico, I think. I'll have to check that out. Anyway, interesting. All right, Douglas County has joined the lawsuit against Governor Polis McPhemie's um basically take away of Tabor refunds. I got a little bit of the audio from that. As fiscal conservatives, there's little we enjoy more than reducing the tax burden on the residents and businesses of Douglas County. You may wonder, therefore, why we joined the lawsuit against the state of Colorado, challenging Senate Bill 23303 and Proposition HH, recently referred to the November 2023 ballot, and why we stand opposed to this illusion dressed up as property tax relief. We believe Senate Bill 23303 and Proposition HH, the November ballot measure, should be declared void and unconstitutional, precluding its implementation and enforcement. Or as an alternative, the ballot title should be corrected to provide a clear, detailed, and politically neutral explanation. Of you know what's interesting? A majority of Colorado counties are suing the state for this. What does that tell you when there when 46% of the state's electorate their representatives walked out of the debate because the other side wouldn't let them speak and now a majority of counties local governments are suing what should that tell you about this mess I got stories about UFOs coming in we'll read a couple of those and talk some taxes next With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. to more Uncommon Sense with Leland Conway on 630 KHOW, Denver's talk station. I got UFO stories. Um, disclaimer, I can't, obviously can't provide any verification of your UFO stories, but happily send them to me and I will happily read your UFO stories on the air because, you know, with the story yesterday that a high-level intelligence official with the highest level of clearances has come forward and said, uh, yeah, we possess craft, plural, craft 
of non-human intelligent origin. I do have a theory because uh, Super uh, B Large, you and I were talking. Like, what what would be the reason for all of this? Drip, drip, drip. He said, she said, yes, no, conf- confirmation, denial, all that good stuff. It could be that the evidence around the fact that almost all of our major institutions in our society are hopelessly corrupt is so strong that if we're talking about space aliens, then we're not talking about their corruption. Like that could be it. Smoke and mirrors. Smoke and mirrors. Everything is smoke and mirrors. Always look to the smoke and mirrors. However, this is an intriguing UFO story. 7116 says, Leland, my dad was a naval pilot flying seaplanes around Bermuda. Yes, he did see unidentifiable objects in the triangle that he could not explain. And myself, my dad, we were walking late at night around 11,000 feet above sea level near Breckenridge after 10 p.m. And a huge low-flying object went right over us, making no noise and completely silent. Interesting. What shape was it? What color was it? How big was it? No noise. How did it taste? How did it taste? What did it what did it look like? Did it look like metal? Did it look like air? Did it look like I mean, what did it did it look like it had a force field? Did it have wavy lines? Did it have symbols on it? Like what did it look? I need to know. An airstream in the air. An airstream in the air. Like that don't <laughs> if I were a space alien, I would want to travel the galaxy in an airstream. <laughs> For sure. Right? Okay. So back to my point. Super Shoe and I were texting last night. Representative Anna Polina Luna had a tweet. She said, just left meeting for House Oversight. The FBI is afraid their informant will be killed if unmasked, based on the info he has brought forward about the Biden family. So Super Shoe retweeted Anna Polina Luna's tweet, and he said, The FBI cannot guarantee the safety of a whistleblower within our own government. This is the same FBI that kept Henry Hill alive as an informant in witness protection for seven years until Hill was expelled after he ratted out a capo in the Lucchese crime family. This is is fascinating. Let me go back to some audio that we played yesterday. This is James Comer, chairman of the House Oversight Committee, about the whistleblower document that's in question here that alleges and details the crime spree that the current president, when he was then vice president went on and he has not only does Comer have this, a copy of this 1023 document that the FBI confirms exists, confirms the narrative, doesn't say they've proved it or disproved it. They in fact have said they haven't disproved it and that it's part of an ongoing investigation but they confirm it exists and they confirm the authenticity of the copy. And it lines up with the evidence of bank records that show transactions to the Biden family that are absolutely, utterly unexplainable in the absence of this plot. Here's James Comer talking about that yesterday. FBI officials confirm that the unclassified FBI generated record has not been disproven and is currently being used in an ongoing investigation. The confidential human source who provided information about then-Vice President Biden being involved in a criminal bribery scheme is a trusted, highly credible informant who has been used by the FBI for over 10 years and has been paid over six figures. 
These are facts and no amount of spin and frankly lies from the White House or congressional Democrats can change this information. At the briefing, the FBI again refused to hand over the unclassified record to the custody of the House Oversight Committee. And we will now initiate contempt of Congress hearings this Thursday. All right. So did, did you did you hear how James Comer says White House, White House? I told you this is this is a Kentucky thing because he's a Kentucky boy. I've known him since he was ag commissioner. White House. That's what my grandma, my mamaw used to call it. Cool whip. That's how they talk there. Just a side note. It doesn't have anything to do with what he's saying. Let's talk about the substance of what he was saying. So, so the FBI. Why is the FBI telling this committee that they cannot guarantee the safety of the informant if the informant is unmasked? Why? There's a couple reasons. One is they could be entirely incompetent. But as the executive producer of this program, Supershoe, points out, they clearly have been capable of protecting witnesses for years at a time before. So why are they coming out now saying this? There's another possibility. Possibility is that it could be a veiled threat to the whistleblower themselves. In other words, this was always intended to get out. And they have to know that the whistleblower is, and the informant rather, th these are two different people. There's a whistleblower that is whistleblowing on the existence of the informant and the Media gets them confused all the time, and even I kind of made a slip there. The informant, they say they can't guarantee their safety if they're unmasked. To a certain extent, that, that could be true because they're currently being used by the FBI and other investigations. So unmasking them could reveal their identity and then make it almost impossible to protect them and lose whatever they're getting from other investigations. But... Doesn't that just corroborate whether we know who this informant is or not, what the informant is saying? In other words, if the, the, there's, there's two possibilities here, in my opinion. One is that the FBI truly can't guarantee their safety because this informant is so valuable and so deep. And that breaks the question, how does an informant that's that valuable and that deep end up entangled in intimate knowledge of a bribery plot involving the current president of the United States, who at the time was a vice president. That tells you that this corruption is as deep as it gets. So the one possibility is that, as a matter of fact, the FBI cannot guarantee their safety if they're unmasked. And I'll tell you why I don't think that's the, the, the reason in a second, but I'm just saying that that's one plausible possibility. They cannot guarantee their safety because they're so deeply entangled that it would remove them from other key investigations, which then by nature would probably potentially have a tie to the president himself, but that it also corroborates the story itself. The other possibility is that this is a veiled threat against the informant. Now, the reason I don't necessarily think it's that they can't protect the informant is because the information being out such as it is would already tell people who that informant was because there would only be certain people close enough to that information that aren't involved in the plot to know, right? <sighs> it's a mess.
the point is, <laughs> the point is, there is so much fire here. I'm not even saying smoke anymore. Like it's not even, it's not even evidence. Like it, I mean, it is evidence, but I mean, it's it's so much evidence that you would be an absolute idiot and fool to walk away from that evidence and assume that there's nothing going on here. Now, let's talk about a more important aspect of this. Number one, the media ignoring it. That's important. And number two, let's talk about clearly the FBI slow walking this. And we know that in the past, up until a few years ago, theoretically, and may or may not have been true, but theoretically, up until 2016, 2020, the FBI has tried to stay out of investigation talk anywhere close to an election so as to avoid the appearance of being a political animal. They kind of blew that in the 2016 election because first they refused to investigate the attorney general meeting on the tarmac illegally with the Clinton family. And then in order to try to somehow right the ship, they decided to go the other way and they did the whole, we have all kinds of evidence that Hillary Clinton had committed a crime. It's virtually certain she committed a crime, but we're not going to investigate it because it's too close to an election, but they did that publicly. And then everybody was like, what the hell? All right. So they sort of just blew all of that at that point in 2016. But up until 2016, they, for the most part, whether that was true or not, they had a reputation, whether it was deserved or not, of not getting involved in political elections. But since then, they've almost, almost blatantly done it. And the proof is there that they've almost blatantly done it. So, so one wonders, there's a balance. I get it. Like, you don't want an agency like this. Let's pretend for a second the FBI isn't compromised. It is, but let's pretend it isn't. And let's say you're doing your best to try to avoid the appearance of conflict of interest or bo- avoid the appearance of... Um, you know, avoid the appearance of trying to wait, put your thumb on an election. Let's say you're trying to do that. But your first and foremost duty is what? It's the national security of the United States. So then we have to ask ourselves, well, then why should they act here? But those of you on the right say they shouldn't have acted with regards to President Trump. Well, that's an easily explained question because the FBI had an enormous amount of knowledge and information and evidence that the accusation that Trump was a Russian agent was fake. In this situation, there is not only zero information, zero evidence that this is fake, but there is an overwhelming amount of evidence that it's true. So now we bring it logically to the place where we go, okay, does this story not being investigated by the FBI better protect the national security of the United States, or does it being investigated better protect the national security of the United States. Well, then you have to go, well, what is it involved, right? If it involved President Biden skipping out on his taxes, you would say, well, he's running for re-election. Let's leave it alone till after he's not in office anymore, right? He skipped out on his taxes. No, I get it. It's a big deal, but it doesn't compromise the national security of the United States. But that's not what's being alleged here. What's being alleged here is that on multiple fronts, then Vice President, current President of the United States, was selling his influence through his son, brokered through his son and other family members, 
selling his influence as vice president to nation states, one of whom is an avowed sworn enemy of the United States that is currently making moves eroding our position in the world stage, and the other of whom is engaging in a proxy war on our behalf with an enemy of the United States that could lead us to nuclear war. China and the Ukraine. So then you have to look at that and go, well, hell, there is a lot of national security implications. Like, not just like, oh, a few secrets get out, but I mean, literally, the downfall of the republic could potentially be at stake based on the decisions this man is making, who is clearly mentally compromised by his age and decrepitness, morally compromised by his deceit and lies, and ethically and national security-wise compromised by potentially being owned by these countries. Guys, this cannot be buried by the FBI unless the FBI is protecting him on some level. There is no way this isn't the biggest political scandal in the history of the United States. Perhaps that's why they would rather us be talking about space aliens. Next hour, we'll get into the uh, mayor's race and uh, a couple of more sound bites I wanted to play your way. There's a bunch of moms down at the Capitol demanding that you give up your guns. We'll talk about that. 630K How, Denver's Talk Station. Vice President Kamala Harris says that she uh, went to band camp once, and that is why she's now the vice president. I was in band camp. I played the kettle drums. I played the vibraphone. Like I said, I was in high school band, so you're looking at the future, right? A bunch of vice presidents. That's right. That's right. Join the band. Be vice president. And one time at band camp, we weren't supposed to have pillow fights, but we had a pillow fight and it was so much fun. (sighs) And and this one time, we all lost our music and we were supposed to play this song, but we didn't know it. So we just made it up and we kept playing and playing and the conductor didn't know what we were doing and it was so funny. So you're pissed about something, (laughs) huh? What? What? One time, band camp. You have to be all like, do you? Do you have to be Gen X to get what I just did there? Do you have to be? You're not. You're Gen X, aren't you? Be large, ish. Yeah, you have to be border. Okay, so borderline Gen X slash millennial to get what I just did. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Is that too much? Did I go over the line? No, it was. Good. <laughs> I'm a dork. All right, coming up next hour, um, we're going to talk a little bit about the mayor's race here in Denver. Uh, also, a bunch of moms are protesting about your guns and stuff. We'll talk about that. Uh, Super Shoe's going to stop by. He and uh, Kathy Walker will be hosting our coverage tonight of the mayor's race. So starting at 6 tonight, right after the Dan Kaplan show, you're going to have access to all of the information as it comes in. And I know uh, Super Shoe's out there as we speak in the pit studying up on the mayor's race and uh so i just kind of want to get his analysis of what he thinks going in um and we'll hear from you send us your ufo space alien stories not the one about the guy in the bathing suit with the hot dog pocket dude not that one (laughs) so we'll have all that for you next hour 630k how denver's talk station 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.